You are listening to The Sauna Show, a podcast that explores new ways to combat modern life and reclaim your health and vitality. We connect you with real people who are doing epic things by their own design. My name is Sebastian Mirau and I am the co-CEO of Clearlight Saunas International and a passionate entrepreneur and health enthusiast as well. I'm sitting down with scientists, holistic health practitioners and change makers in the wellness space who are making an impact to talk about all things detox, health and happiness. Hi everyone, today we have Dr. Nina Illig on the show and Johannes, I would love you to introduce her if you don't mind. How are you doing? Hey mate, I'm super well and uh, excited to introduce Nina, um, or Dr. Nina Illig actually. Uh, and, and Dr. Nina Illig is a distinguished scientist and researcher in the field of genetics. Uh, in this podcast, she's actually going to share her knowledge uh, from a personal as well as scientific perspective on how important mindset is to live a healthy and long life. You're obviously, you know, you're talking to Nina and uh, I just love to really hear what maybe really stuck out to you. Well, it's a really simple thing, but what Nina brought across is that at the end of the day, you know, there's nothing selfish about being happy. What she is saying is basically, you know, look after your happiness because this is good for everyone. It, it helps to contribute positively and, and give you energy and, and, you know, create health within yourself so that you can be a great person for your family, your children. And, and your community. Yeah, that's super powerful, Sebastian. I think that's really a message that we actually all individually struggle with. And it's probably one of the most important lessons uh, in life that I felt I've had to learn over the last you know, couple of years. And uh, you know, having a glimpse out of science on what actually happens you know, when, we, when we go that way and how we actually make a conscious decision is uh, fascinating and really, really excited uh, to see those symbiosis of science as well as, I uh, think, spirituality. Brilliant, brilliant. Awesome. Well, without further ado, here is Nina. So welcome on the show, Dr. Nina. So excited to have you here. Thanks for making it all the way from Brisbane. Hey, um, what, what's your background? I know you've many different degrees and you probably have been in many different types of research but if, if you just sort of give me a compact compact picture of, of what, what your background is it would be great for our listeners to sort of understand where you're coming from yeah thanks for having me Sebastian it's a pleasure anytime I'm a geneticist and um, I have been doing as you mentioned lots of different kinds of research most lately in the stem cell field for about 10 years. And currently I'm uh, mostly interested in epigenetics. Oh, wow. So that's, that's my area of expertise. Oh, very cool. So when, when we look at the DNA research that there used to be and that we thought, you know, it's, I think there was one, um, one place in time where we all thought, okay, you know, our destiny is basically set on what mm. our DNA says and nothing will change ever, so we are just doomed or really lucky. And nowadays the modern genetics looks very differently at it and, you know, brings epigenetics into it as well. Do you mind just explaining, like, where we actually came from and where we are right now? Well, I think with, with lots of science, it happens that way. Once we discover something, we believe that we know everything about it. There, there is all to know. And, um, and then we start doing more and more research and finding out more. And I think it happened with lots of genetic fields mm. because now there is vast, broad area of modern genetics. In each and every one, we have discovered how much more we don't know. Uh -huh. And it's brought us this completely new way of seeing things. Before we believed we knew everything, now we know that there is so much more we don't know. Yeah. And I think we're doing so much better now. Oh, fantastic. So much, much more awareness of actually what, what every individual can do as well, yeah, for, for their health. Yes, the, the, the last century genetics, let's yeah. call it that. Yeah believed that we are born with a set of genes and that's all we have and have no ability to influence that whatsoever. Yeah. The modern genetics more, and including the part of the epigenetics that I'm, I'm really interested in, is recognizing now that there are certain aspects of our influence that we can make mm. when it comes to our DNA makeup. 
So we cannot change the sequence of our DNA molecule and the genes, but we can influence the ways how it's utilized, how the DNA responds to the environment. Ah. The structure of the DNA is not very linear. The DNA molecule is packed. We know it's a helix-shaped molecule, mm. but it's further packed in the tertiary structure in the space. And then on top of it, there are proteins, there are methyl groups, other mechanisms sitting on top of the DNA. That's why it's epigenetic. That makes certain parts of it more open or closed to be read, to be utilized. And we are realizing more and more that these frames of reading the DNA molecule for each individual can be influenced in different, and are absolutely influenced by the environment. What would be an example of what, that we previously thought, oh, you know, this is just how it is, we can't do anything about it, and now we actually learn what it's about, whether we actually turn on that that DNA by, by using epigenetics? Well, lifelong development of human beings is an exercise in epigenetics. Huh. So everything we learn yes. is part of the epigenetic process is occurring in our brain. Mm -hmm. And then all the adaptations our body makes to adopt new foods, new environment, to respond to the new bugs, to the new... So if we, if we say, like, look, you know, someone has really... Let's just think about, okay, we move into a new subtropical area, for example, there are new bugs, right? There, there's a new mosquito, and I have a really strong reaction to that bite, and it's really not really pleasant, or maybe even, you know, I, I'm, I'm really affected by it. Would you say that that is a DNA makeup? and that then that's something that actually can be changed through environment. I'm, I'm just think, looking for a really specific sort of, for me, anchor point in terms of understanding this concept of what it really means to a person. It's really hard to draw the line so specifically mm. because we know about the uh, immunity that's very versatile mm. and uh, it just enables that, that natural ability of the genes coding for immunity in mm. the human body to be very differently connected and differently employed mm -hmm. in different situations based on the environment's requirements. Yeah. So I wouldn't really go there as a basic example. Uh, at this stage. Mm. But I would say even if you just looked into the exercise, yeah. what happens in your muscles, they're still using the same DNA molecule they have the whole time. Your genes haven't changed in your muscle cells. Mm. But the aspects of that DNA, the parts, the frames, have actually been slightly shifted. Uh -huh. So you're using either more of the proteins that you need or you slightly shift into different parts of that gene and, and ha harvesting a different proteins that can really help with that. Right. So it's going to be even looking into the just shifting that exercise focus and making it a little bit more particular about something is mm. going to trigger some of these epigenetic mechanisms as well yeah, in, yeah. Our, in our cells, yeah. But we are very certain that environments plays a big role of like how the... We are made that way. Yes. We are absolutely made that way because the main objective of the living creature is to survive. And in order to survive, has to adapt. Ah. And that's our innate ability to adapt and to, to adjust our, our body and ourselves to the environment. Right. That's how we survive. We have pretty narrow window when you think how we can function by the temperature, um, humidity, uh, air, uh, limiting factors. But yes. in that narrow frame where we were suited to live as yes. human beings, we make our best yeah, by yeah. adjusting to it. Right. So, so if I think about, like, let's say a Nordic creature, like, a, let's let's think, think about a human like a creature, right? So, you know, yeah. it's not like our test. But we are creatures. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like, it's like a test animal, right? So we, we, we have this test animal growing up in a really cold country and, you know, like, it's, it's really um, accustomed to, to low temperatures, you know, it's harsh winters, that type of thing, which means probably that person is 
can keep warm much easier than someone who grew up in in the um, in the tropics. So when yeah. you when you move that person into the tropics or species into the tropics, then does that mean if if they look after the epigenetics and do certain things that helps them, they will adapt and their DNA will be switched on and off accordingly. But if they don't look after it, if they don't use the learning that we it's have... It's going to happen anyway. It's how we are made. We are designed that way. Ah. It's the basic mechanism. It's mm. what we can only... Not thinking about black and white. It's like having this string of lights in our DNA, we can actually dim them, turn them on and off occasionally with certain things we do or don't do. And When you say turn it on and off, you're probably talking about lifestyle changes versus then genetic manipulation, right? So, so that, that's, that's a no, very no, different field, no, right? No, I'm not talking about anyone doing anything to herself or yeah, DNA. Yeah. I'm talking about what you can do for your own self wow. and how you can really foster some of that uh, potential in your cells. Yes. Uh, because living in the same way and doing exact same things is not going to open up your DNA potential. It's going to remain forever a potential. Mm. Once you start implementing changes or doing, making some small shifts or doing things a little bit different or putting certain challenges to your biology, mm. then your cells will kick in and say, oh, we need to deliver on this. This is a survival thing again. Right. So wh what is the potential of a human? Like, by, by looking at it, like, would you say that if we see really fast runners, if we see really smart people, would we say that's the potential of a human and everyone has this potential to go there to a certain mm. degree? There are certain um, um, limitations we all have, but mm. there is also so much more potential they have. And these limitations are just our perception. If we shift the, the way we perceive them, we will just see this ex expanding space between us and whatever we want to achieve and these days i think the modern living may is making lots of people to focus on the external environment so we focus on people places and things mm. rather than directing our attention a little bit inward to mm. this beautiful space inside that mm. we can really make a change yeah, right. Because it's really hard to control external environments because it's pretty much impossible. There are so many moving parts that we cannot really have control over, but we are still trying hard. Mm. And uh, instead of doing that, we can um, put our energy and time and our focus and just acknowledge this, this really a beautiful, quiet space inside that's offering us so much. It's keeping us alive. We, we don't need to do anything. It happens for us. We breathe, we exist, we get the nutrients, we get all the, we get the warmth and we get all the necessary elements for our survival. And we have not really to do anything. Our body does it. We have to, to some extent, affect the external environment for that but everything else that happens inside of ourselves it just happens on its own we can't even direct it we can make shifts and changes but we can't really turn it on and off so when i think back to our species that comes from the really cold area needs to be adapted to the need to adapt to the, the new one um I heard you. They, they will do the body will do that anyway, because yeah. it realizes, wow, I need to sweat more to actually regulate my temperature and all of that. But um, what I also hear you saying is that we have an effect on how um, effective the inner, like our body, is actually in doing things, and we can affect that by what environment we create for ourselves. So if we put ourselves yes. in, a, in, in, in a really artificial um, high rise building. Or a highly stressful environment. That's it. That's going to affect us immensely. And that's something where we have control. Oh, okay. So we, we, we know that if, if, if we put that species in a, in a really, really highly stressful environment, it will not adapt to the new, new, uh, climate as well as someone, or, well, there's, let, it will, but it will take more toll. 
uh, uh, on overall functioning yeah. biology, and uh, it's going to uh, use more energy, and it's going to potentially over a certain period of time result in certain things going wrong, mm. because it just won't be able to keep up with the pressure. Um, you know, it's not only about the environment in terms of in terms of temperature. I'm talking about these pressures that most of the people in the modern world live yes. under. Um, that's why I mentioned stress, because it's becoming such a way of living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I try, it still makes... I know it's, it's not an absolute connection, but the mm. way that I understand it is DNA expresses everything of us, right? It's not only how our eyes look, but it's also no. how we... How we I guess, how, how we even speak, like the picture of our voice, I don't know, all of that? Is it, is it like the whole spectrum of what a human is? Well, it's a big part of it, let's say that way. Yeah. No one really knows how much. Yes. Uh, we know that there is that interplay between DNA and environment. Just out of interest, um, what are the theories of how can my lifestyle affect my my genes, the cells inside. I can't see it, like, you know, playing dumb here. Like, <laughs> or just a little bit naive. I, I think you know more than that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, well, we have um, figured out by now that mm. the lifestyle make, plays a big role and makes a huge difference. And we know that the diet, the exercise, and the, the whole, the, how much we sleep, mm. um, and... Um, Lots of these aspects, how much water we drink, if we drink alcohol. So all of that influences our biology. But I think it's becoming more and more obvious um, that there are other aspects of our living that we don't necessarily fit into lifestyle. It's our mindset, mm. it's our beliefs, our thoughts, the way we feel about the world, how we perceive the world. All of these things contribute to our biology either in detrimental or beneficial way. Because wow. first we have to see where we are. We have to assess and say, oh, am I really thinking the right way about this? Is this really the most beneficial uh, way that serves me? Mm -hmm. Or I might need to shift my perception a little bit and maybe um, take things in a slightly different angle. People in very dire circumstances discovered when they couldn't change the circumstances, all they could they could change in order to survive was to change the way they perceived. Yeah, have you heard about this man um, who who was I think you know final stage of cancer and um, he thought might as well have a really good time and so he watched all the funny movies. And I think eventually they kicked him out of the hospital. He was laughing a lot. <laughs> Probably he missed that in his life. Right. So, and, and that's the type of thing you mean, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a really extreme example. But, but, but that, that sort of like certainly changed his whole take on life, seeing it in a much lighter way, yeah. in a much more cheerful way. And somehow that did something really radical to his, to his body. And um, by the looks of it, took the cancer away or dimmed it so much that he was fine to leave. I don't yeah. know if he's still alive, but I, I never followed up on that. These things are ones. always influenced from very different factors, from mm. a multitude of factors. You can't even say with certainty did or didn't work, mm. but obviously made him feel better yeah. for whatever reason. I, I read the book by this Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl, who was a doctor, and mm. um, he lived a long life after that. And he said that his observation in the, in the concentration camp was that it wasn't really a physical attribute that helped people survive. It was their mentality. It was how they perceived and if they had the purpose in their life to live for. If you can do it in these kind of mm -hmm. horrific circumstances, imagine what we can do in everyday life and we have so much more choice about everything. And that's something that I really try to build into my programs to educate people about the focus, that they can choose their focus and they, based on that, can make their choices. And I think lots of us tend to forget about that. We just don't really pay attention enough. So there's one message in the mind over, over body then? Well, our mind influences our body and vice versa. It's a unity and 
being a human being is not only physical existence or only the mind. Mm. It's the connection between the two. And then there is the emotional aspects and there is spiritual aspects and so much more. And all of this absolutely influences our biology. Wow. And uh, on some level, I think it's time for us to take responsibility and look at that. Not to, to feel bad we didn't know about it before. We just didn't. doesn't mm. matter. But take responsibility now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had um, someone on, on our show a while ago, Megan May, and she, she phrased it as, you outsource the responsibility to the white coats or, you know, to the, to the medical profession. Yeah. But um, that will never work because there is no magic pill, you know, for, no. for, for all the different ills. It has a lot to do with what we do. Yes. From it. And I can see... Nowadays, they're changing really by having more more control over your data to start with, or to control over actually. I understand what who I am and maybe what I'm allergic to, or what you know what helps me and what doesn't. Yeah. And then people just really taking charts themselves and using the internet as well to just being educated of like, okay. I really have to be mindful about not diminishing the value that modern medicine brings oh, no. to us. But on the other hand, we can also take, as I said, responsibility mm. for our own health. We are very blessed. This is the first time in human history that we have all this comfort and safety and prosperity, all these scientific technological advancements mm. that make us live these very comfortable, safe lives. And, uh, and still, we just sometimes take it for granted and we don't really say, oh, what is more there? What, how we can even improve it more? And what mm. can I do for myself? Mm. These things were given to me, but there is much more I can do for myself. Mm. And then it influences our family, our community. More fulfilled, more joyous our life is and more we, we contribute to our own physical health, mental health and our emotional stability and balance, we can be better members of the community, we can contribute to this world. Mm. Rather than suffering from all these ailments we, we wait magic pill for. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and lots of that potential is already sitting in our DNA. I actually remember this one, um, I think it's in the book, Happy. Um, it talks about an Italian community that more or less moved to, to the U.S. and um, the people that maintained sort of the lifestyle and, mm. and, you know, eating the same way, but especially having the human interactions and being yes. just as joyful as you would imagine someone in an Italian small village yes. to be. And these connection, people, it's the connection right. between and the humans. Yeah. They would live long and happy lives. And mm. then the people who would also move over there, having the same food, but living somewhere remotely from... More isolated, yeah. That's it. At that moment, it wouldn't come. So the human connection had a major um, connection to how long they live, lived and how mm. healthy they were, right? Interesting to um, attribute that to something so intangible, like connection between the human beings. My background is a little bit looking a lot about diet, you know, and, and, mm. and the lifestyle around diet and what to put in your body and all the superfoods that come with it. Um, do you think that it's over um, overemphasized and, and there is more that... Like, what, what, what Can you see any signal in the research so far that would suggest it's not as important or would you say it depends on the individual? I can't really tell you if it's important or not. I can only tell you the balanced diet, the most natural diet we can have, is absolutely important. Uh, all the superfoods and everything is just a way of, it's a lifestyle, it's a choice. So some people do it in a very natural, intuitive ways, others do it in a more prescriptive ways. Mm. Nothing wrong with either. Mm. And as long as it works for an individual, that's fine. We have gone through a number of different shifts, I think, in the recommendations, even from World Health Organization. Huh. These things have certain expiry date occasionally. I see the, the superfoods as one of these ten trends that might go in and out. Mm. Um, are these nutrients in higher concentrations are really going to increase our well-being and our health? 
I'm not sure about that. I'm not really in that research, so I can't yeah. tell you. It, it, it prompts me to think, like, right, you know, like, even if I don't have the budget of, of buying all the health foods that, that they are out there, there is a lot to be said of just being really mindful of my of my, my mental state, yeah. And, oh, and absolutely. It, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not doomed just because I can't afford the latest yeah. superfood or anything like that. It's, it's, it's a lot to be said of just make, making good common human connections, having, having a good cycle of friends and just feeling really part of something. And I guess having meaning in life would be also one of those states. Of the existence of human beings is so versatile. We can exist in so many different circumstances, in so many different parts of this world on. We can have so many different experiences, as long as these circumstances and experiences make sense to us, as long as we um, allow the best part of ourselves mm. to be there, as, lo as long as we honor who we are mm -hmm. and how we cherish our inner being, we're going to do good for our biology too. Oh, it's fantastic. safe to say. Oh, having a good time is actually a really good thing. It's a great thing for your biology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Fantastic. So would you say that the, the new, the, the 100 is the new 60 when, when you actually f follow through on and really look at, you know, how can I look after my genetics and therefore, you know, create an epigenetic setup that really helps me to, to live longer and a happier life. So, so is there the potential to really feel younger much longer than what we expect to be normal? Well, it's a choice again. Wow. You know, we, we live much longer lives now. By just living longer doesn't mean that we will necessarily feel younger if we don't make a choice to do that. And if we don't maintain our outlook of life, the way we act, how we behave, and what kind of choices we make as we are young, because we are. We just put these labels. We put these expectations. Mm. We, uh, we adopt the certain models that were, that were given to us, but they might work for previous generation or two generations ago. But now the time has changed. You have very fit, healthy 50, 60, 70-year-olds. They do experience certain changes in their body. They do go through certain challenges health-wise, but they're still quite fit for their age. And they can make certain choices and live as much younger people if they want to. So, you know, looking at, you know, aging Sebastian there, he's <laughs> in, is in his early 40s sitting on his couch. So I have a choice, right? So Well, you can get off the couch in the first place. <laughs> That's a good choice. Right. And, and it's, so, so what would be the difference between two types of Sebastians, like, what, 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 can you just give me, like, one and the other? Well, one can have, let's say, the Sebastian that's a little bit more into the um, traditional ways of looking at yes. things. He can believe that certain age brings certain responsibilities and that he's getting older and there is nothing he can do about it. The other new version of Sebastian, mm. an upgraded one, mm. <laughs> 21st century one, he can actually understand that he can still meet these commitments and these responsibilities, but also look after himself, meet his own needs, and really experience the joy and pleasure in his life, no matter what age he, he gets to. And uh, in that process of, it's a lifelong development. Mm. We, we even use the word aging. It's a lifelong development of human beings. Our biology changes to a certain level. But we have so much more in, at our disposal now to uh, make choices how we deal with it. Right. So life happens to me and I can either be okay with it and, and just accept it and say, like, this is life and this is just as joyous, even though it, it doesn't feel happy, like whatever the, yeah. the, the happening is. Or I can say, wow, you know, life is just getting worse and worse. And Well, exactly. Right. And so I guess from a biological thing, we, we don't have to go into it too much. But what I've heard is like my pH will change depending on whether I have a positive outlook or a negative outlook. And if I have an <laughs> ascetic body, it probably creates, I don't know, all sorts of aches and pains and ages me yeah. versus like the body actually 
overall feels vibrant and will not um, sabotage itself no. through the thoughts. And the joy and the pleasure that you experience and that positive spin you put on things. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not talking about being delusional. No, no. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about seeing things and accepting things mm -hmm. as they come. Acceptance is a big part of that process. Mm. But it's also uh, making your... your putting the certain spin on things mm. just can change the outlook. Mm. And if you're negative and you feel very stressed about things, naturally the cortisol levels in your body will go up. Mm. It's a, cortisol is a, is a stress hormone. And of course it's going to have a detrimental effect on your mm. body even more. So why would you do that? There is no need for that. We're already exposed to certain stresses anyway. It's just life. Um, you can just be a little bit more positive or more proactive. Use your intuition yeah. and just really see and feel just to that feeling. This feels good. So whatever feels good and brings you joy is definitely good for you. Wow. As long as you don't really impact anyone else around you in a wrong way, yes. you're fine. And your biology will really benefit from that too. Because we are much more complex beings than we think. We are not only physical and mental beings. Yes. We have all these other layers to us. And uh, these layers impact us in so many different uh, ways. Wow, we, sh we really should learn that at school, right? Like, th this is I amazing, wish we did. Right? You know, <laughs> you, you, you might learn really, you know, like you might learn at school how to do certain sports, exercise, and that's all good and good for the body yeah. too. But in terms of mindset, that seems to be... You know, my, my belief is that, you know, the school has certainly a responsibility to create, yes. uh, at the moment, you know, to make someone be able to participate in society. And that can be a little bit lopsided of like, how would I get a job? But mm. there's much more to it. Like, you know, there's also responsibility to be, I guess, a good or happy human for the human, as you said, like being selfish just for that person alone. But if you have a happy person and they just do it for themselves. They are not selfish. They are not selfish. A happy person is not a selfish <laughs> person, yes. They will share their happiness with others. It's just the natural way of humans. They, we are wired that way. Yes. And we are wired to coexist and share our emotional state with others. We have uh, the so-called mirror neurons in our brain. And wired to mimic the emotional state of the human beings close to us without even thinking about it. Yeah. It just happens to us naturally. Yeah. So what are we going to spread around us if we are happy? Well, only happiness. Yeah. It's very natural. Yeah. And these kind of good vibes are something that's going to really make us feel good, but also people around us. Yeah. And more that kind of spin we put on things, no matter what happens, is going to help us survive in the best possible way, in, even in some difficult People, places and things, this is the external environment. We can't really influence that mm. much. Mm. And things will happen. Yeah, yeah. I, rem I think it's the same research that would, would say the person that gives a compliment to another person benefits from it mm. and, and its body. The person that receives it feels really good about it too, and yes. that's good for their health. And the person that observes that there was a comment given to another person also benefits from it, right? Of course. In education, it's not something we could expect the school to give us initially, mm. especially when, when we are young. We need to learn so much, mm. and we base our education, build up on that with facts and findings and all scientific technology and all of that data that we... Information is huge today. We have a vast amount of information available. But do we really make the best with it? If we are so overexposed to it, how much we can really take in and how much it suffocates us with mm. some unnecessary mm. information too. So we just have to work on the balance. I think the main word in all of this we were talking about today mm. was balance. Mm. Balancing act between things we were exposed to, how we perceive things, what we take in, what decisions we make, how much we give in into positive or negative views, and all these things that can really make our life different. Mm. Who will tell me that I'm too much on Instagram or Facebook? Because that would be one of those. <laughs> I heard you um, 
before, before you come into the show, you, you talked about PPT, and um, I guess that's that's really focused on the yes. ex external things, um, meaning you focus too much on other people, so, too much on where you are, wh yeah. who you are, in terms of place, and then also the the overall things that that you surround yourself with. Yeah. There is no really human connection there. How can I monitor myself? Like how? That's a knowledge that is really, really powerful. If I know that I get distracted too much by external things, that will not benefit my health, especially mm. probably my mental health, but by the sounds of it, my whole epigenetics. And, ep and yeah, and physical as well. Yeah. Part of um, making choice how we spend our time is about, again, being an awareness. Mm. What is happening right now? Mm -hmm. And because we are so focused on, on the external world, we don't really stop enough and just think for a moment, feel for a moment mm -hmm. what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a crucial point to, to make in our day, say, what is happening right now? What is happening around me? What is happening inside of me? How mm -hmm. do I feel about this? Is this bringing me joy? How do I relate to what's going on? And once we start doing that on a regular basis throughout our days, we will be able to pinpoint things that bring us joy and those that don't. Things that really make us feel good um, and the things that really weigh us down. And then it's easier to make choices. If you think about sort of the 70% that apparently don't enjoy their job versus the 30% <laughs> that do, you know, there, there are some I statistics. I don't know if we, should, if we should go there. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if you think about it, like maybe you, we all have a choice. And I think we do, actually, we do. by the way. Like I've seen Most so many us, people yeah. who feel like they jumped the cliff by, you know, quitting their job before they found another one. But... Well, it's a lot of people that really made the right decision of just finding something that, you know, that helps them to feel good about it. And if that means a pay cut or moving moving cities, sometimes it's what it takes to be happy. It certainly happened to me, like, when once I did that, yeah. It happened to me so many times. Oh, and all what I'm talking about is deeply founded in my personal experience, not only in my professional work. Mm. Uh, I have had lots of my work done in these areas in, in, in medical field, in the hospital, clinical environment, I realized that life is really unpredictable, quite short. <laughs> and most of the time, the best and the worst things that happen we can't, to us, we can't influence. Ah. And once you position yourself in that space and you start seeing that, it changes your view changes your perspective of life. I had to make some really difficult choices. This whole outlook really helped me make this in the right way for myself. And like you said, it's not just jump the cliff and quit the job. To inform, inspire, and educate our choices. We do it in, in multiple ways, but the best way to do it is to really have that awareness of a current situation and then the point in time in the future, wherever we want to place it, mm. and everyone has a different aim, mm. where we want to be. So that sounds, there's quite a bit in from sort of um, Eastern philosophies and, and sort yeah. of ancient philosophies that, that think about, you know, mindfulness is really important there then and, yes. and certain practice, daily practice that, that really help us to be in that space of reflection or the space of just knowing where we're at here. Yeah? This is that part of our humanity, of our existence that is probably a little bit overlooked at the moment. Quiet space inside that place that where we can make a huge difference, but we don't go up there often. And I agree with you, it does have that overlap with Eastern philosophies, but we don't have to mystify it. We can make it just very open and say, I'll open my mind to the facts and I'll open my heart to the way I feel. Mm. And I'll really then be able to comprehend what's happening. And then I'm going to think and feel where my 
choices are where I want to go next and see how in the best possible way I can get there. And believe me, I did that in my life in yeah. very, very difficult circumstances and my, my biology supported me too. Maybe I was just lucky with the way my biology worked, mm. but in some ways it did support me because it was really who I was, what I was standing for mm. deep inside. So being tuned in with that, that inner being of ours is really important in this process. Yeah. And being a scientist, it's really hard for me to give you a prescription for that. And yes. often people look for prescriptions and these um, quick fixes, mm -hmm. but quick fixes don't work. Mm. They're just temporary relief. Mm. So I think in this age of instant gratification we live in, it's sometimes a bit misleading. We believe everything can be fixed quickly. Mm -hmm. This takes a bit more time, but it's a much more rewarding. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I sort of paraphrase a little bit of what we've talked to so far, so we're basically saying overall DNA can be switched on and off through epigenetics and epigenetics is, is we, we have a lot of control over our epigenetics of how we live our lives. Although so, we don't know how exactly it happens, mm, but we believe we do. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so research can certainly see, see hints of like, this is probably how yeah. it will work. And, and there's more and more evidence supporting that. Yes. And so, so you've, you've found quite a few things that, that, seem to work work really well in going towards helping our epigenetics our dna mm. so um what, what would we would you recommend someone to where would they start you know would you you know if they listen to this up to this point they might think oh you know so i have to meditate probably that's what it is and enjoy that's a good it. start okay all right yeah, that's actually it's a good great start. Yeah, okay. absolute <laughs> moment of silence and stillness daily daily Sometimes that helps just at that particular moment. It just brings that opportunity to really slow down and be quiet, be still, and let things come. We underestimate that creative, intuitive side of ourselves as well. And it's being pushed away by the things we do. It's so much doing in how we live. I was one of these people who was doing so much. Then I learned how to move to that other side of the spectrum and become a little bit more gentle and more reasonable. And it's so much more rewarding, believe me. Yeah. I don't know if you had that experience oh, in your life. And I think many people go through the similar. Yeah, it's known as the hero's journey in a sense, hey, or it yeah. could be described like that. Yeah. I wonder whether human needs, humans... Hero's journey is amazing and it does shape people into who they become. Mm -hmm. But if you lose your health, your well-being, mm -hmm. or some important people in your life, huge price to pay. Yeah. So you just need to stop for a second again and think, is this really worth it? Mm. Or I want to make my choices a bit sooner and save and preserve some of this. Yeah. I because we have one body. We can't really just transport ourselves. They tried to transplant the head, by the way, scientists, but it failed. Oh. We can't even do that kind of swapping between. Yeah, and I guess even if it would be possible, if the mindset doesn't change, then it would be... It. And thinking about it, like my dad went worked in a hospice and... Um, so he he sometimes tells me what people think, and you know mm. that's sort of like, you know, people in there between you know thirty five and you know seventy five, and they are at a pivotal point of their hero's journey, often too late. But you know, yes. there's certainly that reflection happens when you're dying. And yeah. you know, Steve Jobs said, like, you know, I definitely should have spent much more time with people, you know, rather than playing mm. with with the iPhone. Look what he built, what he, yes. what inevitably he had some regrets about that too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, his, so, you know, basically, I don't know how old he exactly, he was in his 50s, right? Mm, I believe so. Yeah, so, you know, th that body basically didn't, didn't want to work anymore. And, and I guess what we are talking about is like, it doesn't have to be like that. And, and, you know, a genius like himself, like, you know, the, the, and, you know, there's a legacy that is massive. He didn't live as but long as But the price he paid was mm, high. Mm. Be curious 
and try something new every day. Mm. And this might not sound like much, but it's going to open up new avenues in the physical world around, but also within your own self. And you will learn how you can really make the best of it. When I was in a very, very um, acute stage of grieving years ago, I, ha I had lost someone very dear to me, and I was just paralyzed with grief. Mm. At some point, I went to learn dancing, hmm. Latin dance. But I now can see the value of me being there surrounded by people, but I was not forced to talk to them mm. in the first, because mm. I was not able to do that. So mm. I spent the first three months there without talking to anyone. I would just be polite, say hello, and that was it. <laughs> I didn't have to, because mm. you go dancing. Yeah. Then it gave me that surrounding of human. I had this one hour in my day that would help me step out of my grief in my mind, mm. into my body, mm. and just be really present there mm. in a different made so much good to me. It helped me really deal with this because I was on my own. I didn't have my family around me. I didn't have many friends close by. So I was pretty isolated. This was my respite. And so sometimes these things come. Yeah. That's why I say be curious, try new things, and give life a chance to surprise you mm, mm. and as long as you do that you will be young i promise you no matter your age <laughs> you will stay young yeah oh that's really exciting i think this knowledge will seep more and more through also to, to i guess counselors and um you know people who who coach people other people and and just you know that, that that knowledge that more and more comes forward, and it's great that it's more and more backed mm. up by research as well. Because well, I educate people about genetics, but I also tell them about stuff that can really contribute to their genetics, mm. contribute to their biology, mm. and it's not all about the diet or the exercise. It's mm. much more to that. Yeah, yeah. So by the sounds of it, that was a choice of yours to do. There's also that focus on, on yourself that is really important and being selfish is a really, really important step to look at. Something that you do just to really have a, a break. Mm. So there is nothing really selfish in that. Yeah. They do sports, they do lots of different things. They do arts, crafts, you, know, you name it, hiking, playing guitar, singing, whatever, somewhere and meditating. Yeah. And then the opposite, I've seen sort of older people, um, for one reason or another, you know, getting older and being not able to maybe run their own household on this. So they're placed in a completely new environment, mm. sometimes limiting environment too. And yeah, I remember a couple of, of people that, you know, that, that died soon after, because I could see that their life sort of was by the environment determined to be over. There's yeah. not much there anymore. Yeah. There's, there's not the friends close by. At the moment yeah. where you move people out of an environment that, that you know, often there's really good intention. People in rest homes or, you know, just moving them into a new city that has better climate. But if, if the human connection is not there anymore, yeah. if, if they don't have the rhythm and routine that used to support them, then... Health can decline really quickly. And it doesn't, huh? if it doesn't feel right for them, yes, all yeah. the benefits are pretty much lost then. Hey, um, I've normally three questions that I ask everyone who mm -hmm. who visits, and it's always interesting to hear what, what okay. the answers that are. If you don't mind, sorry, I didn't explain that to you before we came online. It's okay. Um, very simple. Um, what are the three things that get you out of out of bed every morning? What are the drivers for you? First is joy of living. I'm very blessed to have that. So you just enjoy being alive. I just have this innate joy of living. That's one. The sun is the other one. The sunshine outside. Wow. And the people I love. Mm, yeah, yeah. How oh, beautiful. I wake up happy. I relate to that. Mm. All of and um, and what's what's what excites you at the moment, or like currently, like what's your focus that you really really enjoy doing? What excites me at the moment the most is this opening space 
in human minds. Mm. I can see this happening everywhere and it's being so profound and it's being so ever-present, amazing me, um, that we are finally looking into some places that we never looked before, Yeah, including in science. I'm thrilled that so much has emerged from the neuroscientific research, from epigenetic research, and that we are thinking about it in a different way. It's very slow, mm. it's a very gradual process, but it's happening. And the last question is, what's your take on, on human existence like? Why do you think we even exist? Like, wh why do, do we have consciousness that exists right here? Do, do you... To enjoy. Meaning of life, being enjoyment. So far, the only thing I can really see underlying force is to really enjoy, to find the joy of living. Mm. That's something that's part of our existence from the day one. And why would we even question that at any point in time, really? Yeah. We do change physically, we develop, we learn. Mm. Some of these learnings are helpful, some are not really. They probably <laughs> present itself as a burden. But that little spark of life stays in us because no matter how old we are, we still want to live. Mm. No matter what's happening around us, we still choose to live. We make things help us survive and live, and that existence is, is sacred. Mm. And uh, what's the better way of honoring it than being joyful and, and bringing the joy to this world? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great outlook. And good for your genetics, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> good for you on so many levels, yes. <laughs> well, Dr. Nina, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you making time. Thanks, Come Sebastian. All the way. Such yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, I look forward to have you back on the show. There's so much more that I would love to talk to you. So please do that. come back. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Sauna Show. My name is Sebastian Mirau, and this episode was sponsored by Krila Jacuzzi Saunas, the world's leading provider of superior quality, full-spectrum infrared saunas. You can find more information and resources for this podcast at thesaunashow.com, all one word, or on Instagram at thesaunashow. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with friends. Until next time, have the best day ever.